La-dee-da-dee-da-dee-da. Once again, I'm singing and it kind of sounds the same as all my songs, but that's okay because we're here today and it's another podcast. And that's the end of the song. End of song. Beautiful. What up, listeners? <laughs> today, I am joined by my pal, Benny. Benny, what's going on? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Um, so you have told me you've listened to some of the episodes. And I for have. that, I'm yeah. eternally grateful. So I'm going to ask you two questions. First, I'm just going to ask, how are you liking it? What? Uh, tell me the experience as a listener who's not making this <laughs> podcast. Well, I appreciate I I recently listened to the one with your grand, grandpa. Yeah, yeah. That one really touched me. And uh-huh. I really appreciate that one. Uh, yeah, that felt really special to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate all your kind of like candor, your candidness, your kind of, I like how it's so personable. Thank you. Yeah. And knowing somebody online and that also lives in Portland. <laughs> totally, totally. It was, was really pretty cool. Reaching out to you too. Definitely. I feel like I'm cutting the line. I was like, oh, does, <laughs> does Bryn have extra guests online uh, when I pitch this to you? So No, it's, it's just whatever works out. So this is great. Yeah. I've actually been... Because I do have like a lot of people who've expressed interest. Yeah, yeah. But recently I've been a little bit, I've done a lot of family ones and I've been a little like yeah, yeah. hesitant to schedule things. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this works out great. I'm That's really great. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to butt anyone out. If you got some <laughs> celebrities, you got some <laughs> big celebs on the line. So yeah. nope. It's, uh, I'm just having it as it goes. So I'm so yeah, happy yeah. on. I, I appreciate the art form, mm. the art form of podcasting. Yes. I think it's a lost, co- uh, uh, a lost form. Same. I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> here as well, clearly. Um, well, that will go right into the next question, which I've been asking. What is your Bryn origin story? Bryn and origin so story. It can kind of be like how we first became acquainted <laughs> or a memory from early on, however you want to take that. Well, we just recently met in person. Yes. So that was, I don't know if that counts as our first Bryn experience, but I guess we know <laughs> each counts. other tangentially yeah. through, through online space and Totally. Through, through rod stream so i knew i think i, I used to like lurk on the those score too the those uh-huh. boys discord so yeah. i saw your like name oh really I think, and i think i seen your avatar like the tabasco jack yes yes avatar. yeah because I'm, I'm tabasco jack on the dose Discord. <laughs> yeah and then i'm but hot sauce yeah. bob everywhere else online which yeah. both of those were just like um little nicknames that we came up with in rec basketball mm, in high school i see um wow i didn't know you were you knew me as tabasco jack yeah, yeah someone yeah. someone on that dose Discord made that image for me mm-hmm. and it's yeah. really cool it just stuck on there yeah. yeah yeah and then so so just seeing your name around and then I think I saw that you lived in Portland. I was like, oh, I live in Portland yeah, too. Or totally. like I, I grew up in Portland and just like hitting you up to go see which show. Yep. And yeah. And Mississippi Studios, which was awesome. It was an awesome show. Yeah. So that's kind of our origin story. Just kind of floating around <laughs> totally in the universe. It's totally. In the same area. And then finally meeting in person. It's pretty surreal. I don't, this probably might, I mean, you've met bunch of people online already right. with rodcon and everything yeah. but for me this is totally new it, totally meeting, meeting anybody that's, yeah that's a uh, internet even talking to my friends like i'm oh, meeting somebody i met online they're like whoa i know strange, yeah huh? totally no and it, it still it still does feel kind of surreal to me because i mean at this point i've like met a good number of people from mm. online friends but yeah. like i was saying earlier when you're we hanging out i hadn't really made like internet friends before mm-hmm. the pandemic yeah 
Um, and so it's just been really fun, like realizing, oh, that's just like a thing I can do. Yeah. And it's yeah. really fun. And like, especially so like with uh, Rodney Berry, his stream and then like American Arts and Culture Review is a podcast we listen to and then mm -hmm. Doughboys yeah. too. Like yeah. when you already have that base level of like, okay, these people like this same like comedy, this same like kind of niche podcasts like yeah. there's that level of like oh we're probably pretty similar <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're yeah. laughing at the same thing right. and i think that right. like sense of humor is one of the things that's like such a connector mm -hmm. um and yeah so it's been really cool just like yeah meeting you and yeah. even just like being casual online friends and like <laughs> so for those who don't know this is technodrome 2 yeah and <laughs> that's the your uh yeah your uh, twitch name <laughs> yeah that was also interesting too because I used to for a while. I used to go by my actual name. Oh. Or I used I used to be go. So my last name is Kwong. Uh -huh. So a while I was using Mister Kwong. Oh, and I, and that's actually my original Twitch name. Before okay, I, no, I remember that. I didn't know that. Far back. I didn't yeah. know it was you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. And then I switched it to Technodrome because I felt kind of self conscious about using my actual last name, and yeah. also Kwong is like very Asian. Totally. So I'm. I was afraid that people would be like, oh. Oh, Sadie's racist shit right. to me. So I was like, maybe I should just switch it. And it, as part of his nostalgia to connection to like Ninja Turtles and Heck loving yeah. Ninja Turtles. So Heck yeah. I was thinking of like, what's a cool name? Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> so Technotrome. That's so cool. That's I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, More in the same. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the internet, there's so much. I talk about the internet all the time, but. Yeah. Um, like you and I were saying, like one of the reasons I think there's been a lot of like friendship and connections, especially like in the Rod Dog community yeah, yeah. or just even like the Discord and like these podcast areas mm -hmm. and Twitch streams is kind of it's a lot more friendly than a lot of portions of the Internet. And I think yeah. part of the reason is like it's interactive and it's happening in real time. So mm -hmm. it feels maybe like a AAM chat or something. Oh yeah, for um, sure, for sure. Because you were mentioning about like flame wars going down on like yeah. Starcraft forums, and like the internet can be ugly. Yeah, so it makes yeah. sense that there's a bit of like hesitation to for engage. sure, for sure. I was saying like when I first like started chatting on Twitch, like I would like viscerally sweat and like, yeah, totally. <laughs> have panic attacks about anything I would say. And seems sometimes I will kind of like oh today I know I shouldn't I should slow down what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm getting a little too hot. On yeah, my takes. totally. <laughs> <laughs> so but no i think i think you know meeting you has kind of opened things up oh. and meeting you know talking to people in, in raj chat or totally. any other twitch chat it's been nice to yeah kind of be vulnerable in that way definitely yeah because i think for me at least yeah i was an internet lurker for years and years yeah um and then i kind of just realizing like oh you know what these are all just other similar people yeah. <laughs> with similar interests on their phone, on their computer. Mm -hmm. And especially yeah. in like quarantine, it's like, yeah, we're all losing our minds here and we yeah. just have the internet. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I think I had a little bit of boldness and I was just like so isolated because I was also mm -hmm. on a night shift. Yeah. Whereas sure. like, I was missing the outlet of like constantly making little jokes and quips <laughs> and the Twitch chat turned out to be that. Yeah. So sometimes I felt, yeah. I felt more like I was maybe annoying like Rod or Bud or the streamer because <laughs> like they're having yeah. to like read my dumb jokes or my dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah. But then it's also so good. Like I remember there was one stream where I 
totally cracked them up like two different times and it was like <laughs> yeah, oh this is feeling. so cool that is, that's the greatest feeling when yeah you, when you get the chat popping off yeah <laughs> from something some stupid thing you type in totally yeah because yeah. so, you have to be very witty you have to be really on it oh yeah i feel like oh yeah and that timing is is, is key definitely and i think so. one of my maybe one of my powers and this comes from me and my friend evan's sense of humor especially because mm-hmm. like they're very influenced on each other because we've known each other since like first grade Mm -hmm. but um we're all about quantity over quality like it's just (laughs) letting them rip and then sometimes i worry i'm being annoying but mostly people just laugh yeah and even if it's laughs out of pity or whatever yeah just overwhelm them until they yeah exactly they'll they'll take it as it is (laughs) yeah 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 um but yeah that's hilarious and yeah i mean like i was saying like those Especially like the community that kind of built up around Rod's stream and mm-hmm. like in Discord too, and just having like those kind of casual friendships through yeah. such like a isolating time, mm-hmm. especially like winter 2020. I feel like mm-hmm. that's when Rod started streaming a lot and like things were really rough and there was like surges and that was pre vaccine still. Yeah. It was like such a nice little like community to have and i would just be sitting at work like six in the evening usually when he streams and just like bored on my computer but now i'm like talking with my buddies and (laughs) yeah so yeah and then like since then there's been like like this real life friendships not Mm -hmm. the internet friendships aren't real but (laughs) irl like connections yeah Yeah. a little different for sure for sure there's a different energy i feel Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of like with internet spaces you don't know people's identities or what they look like like i'm surprised what you like you probably maybe surprised what i look or even how i sound like (laughs) sure totally and i want yeah you and you do some you do your slopcore and uh slopcore kitchen and everything like that so you show your face in person totally so there's a different dynamic with that too totally but yeah honestly like in those like twitch chats and in just like connecting with people online i think that's kind of where the kernel of like slob core and mm-hmm. this podcast and my yeah. photography kind of started because mm-hmm. i just realized like oh you know what i can share about myself like mm-hmm. i don't need to be so held back and like so yeah. quiet and so They've now created a monster who's uh, putting out a <laughs> weekly podcast and a daily. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, video. I appreciate the vulnerability and being willing to share out because I think for me, I've always wondered like how much do I want to disclose about myself? Yeah, uh, sure. And talk about who I. Oh, I now I'm realizing uh, I didn't mention I was Asian. But so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if people are listening, yeah, picture an Asian person. But I think that's something interesting because like on online spaces, you don't see what someone looks like or you yeah. Don't know, like, sometimes when i because like i think for me when i was being a part of communities Mm -hmm. i kind of intentionally look for like asian spaces sure just or people that look like me sure people i can relate to right but i think with like twitch chat because it's like almost semi-anonymous you don't really know what people look like totally or you have the option to right just like show your photo Mm -hmm. (laughs) or send someone your instagram Mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool you know we have the similarity we have a similar interests but we don't have the similar identity yeah or similar experience totally and i think it's interesting too that we both grew up in portland yes yeah totally i like we were talking about earlier it's always fun talking to someone who grew up yeah and in like different parts of portland like yeah. southwest portland versus out on 82nd yeah we should talk about a Very bit about different. our recent where we just went yeah yeah let's uh give them the rundown what, what did we just do today <laughs> so we went we i grew up in southeast 82nd which is uh kind of traditionally well, now has been like a huge uh, community of Asian people. Mm-hmm. 
that's like where I grew up. So yeah. me and Bryn, we went to a little Asian bakery. That's so good. Right, right by where I was oh my born. Oh gosh, so delicious. <laughs> we, got, we got a real hodgepodge of, of, <laughs> yeah. of uh, pastries. <laughs> True smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite? I think maybe that dry pork. That dry pork? Oh, yeah. Dry pork yeah. bun yeah. with a little mayo yeah. in there. Yeah, a nice cream. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, the bread is just out of this yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 uh, dried pork bun is probably like the bun. My, my parents would order like whole, just a box full of those. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I kind of get sick of it, but I also, it's so good. Totally. I love that shit. Totally. Yeah. And, okay, what was the place? We got to we gotta tell people listening. Oh, it's a uh, it place called King's Bakery. King's Bakery. Right off 82nd right. across the street from the Southeast PCC yep. to all our Port, local Portland people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right off Division eighty second there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So check it out. It was delicious. Super good prices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm so glad. Thanks for showing me that. Oh and, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm down to give you a tour to the area. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Walk past my old house. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> we went on a little stroll down memory lane. How was yeah. that for you? It was a little trippy. I mean, it's not too unfamiliar because I've drive past there sure. area all the time, but to walk. Going to King's Bakery too. I haven't been there in years. So oh yeah, it's kind of trippy how much it looks the same. Sure, but also it kind of felt a little bit different because I think they have like different owners now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dang. Kind of, kind of emotional. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about all the all the memories I had because I I grew up in I live in that area up until um fourth or fifth grade. Uh huh. And then. I came back once I graduated college. So right. just kind of a mixture of my memories as a kid uh -huh. in that area and then my memories as an adult, like totally after college. Totally. So do you have any like specific memories as a kid that pops to mind when you're thinking about growing up in that area? Like or maybe just at, like at the school at the park we went to? Uh well. There's a lot. Yeah. I mentioned about, uh, we would go to the park and we get like uh Roman candles and, and light it and <laughs> yes. hit it, hit the backboard of the basketball hoop. <laughs> yeah. That was one memory. Yes. Uh, I, my, my grandparents, I was pretty much raised by my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So like memories of like walking down that street of 82nd, taking the bus down 82nd. Yeah. Uh, my grandpa used to hang out a lot at the King's bakery and play like Chinese chess. Oh, fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. How is, how is Chinese, what is Chinese chess? I don't know exactly. Oh, know it's similar to regular chess. Okay. It's a little bit, it's slightly different in the sense. There's pretty much the same uh, pieces. Like they have king, queen. Uh -huh. uh, I don't think they have a queen, but they have like, it's it's similar concepts, but just, just slightly different rules. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more fast paced than regular chess too. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I just always think of like. Movies of New York or whatever, just seeing like old guys playing chess in the park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's essentially. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a cool thing. Wow. Um, yeah, and so it was like, I grew up in Southwest Portland, which is um, on the other side of the city. And like, I'd been out to 82nd a couple times, but mm -hmm. I haven't really spent too much time out there, except I just yeah. know all the amazing like Asian grocers mm -hmm. and Asian uh, restaurants and all that. Yeah, it's always interesting talking to somebody who didn't grow up in the area. Right. And to tell them about all, all these different spots. Cause yeah. I feel like most people just kind of, uh, 
give a baseline answer or um, stereotype it, I guess. Oh, of, totally. Of like, oh, is there just Asian food there? Or or to ask me about what's a good Asian place to go to. Uh-huh. So, uh, and I mean, this area I'm not familiar with at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Southwest Portland's kind of like cloistered away. And mm-hmm. like we were saying, there's not much. Like, I think I'm pretty adamant about this. Gabriel Park, I think, is the gem of Southwest Portland. Mm, and that's Park. the park that's right. Kitty corner over oh, here okay. for me. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, there aren't like, there aren't a whole lot of like restaurants that are like known around the city. It's really mm-hmm. just like this, the most suburban part of Portland, mm-hmm. but I always grew up like, so, so I'm a Portlander cause I live within the city limits. Like some of my friends, yeah. my friend Nicholas, I give him shit for this all the time. He grew up in Tigard mm-hmm. and we went to Graceland to college together. Mm-hmm. And whenever he would say he was from Portland, I would like, <laughs> not, actually. Him. I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, like Southwest Portland kind of is just like Eastern Tigard, Eastern mm-hmm. Lake Oswego yeah. a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's just fun. Like meeting other people who grew up in Portland and like yeah. we had, I'm sure, in a lot of ways, pretty similar experiences, but also very different. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, tell me a bit about things. like your childhood. Yeah, so I went to um, Stevenson Elementary, which is just like yeah, deep corner Southwest Portland, and like pretty affluent, pretty mm-hmm. white. Like mm-hmm. honestly, thinking back on it, um. There's a little bit of diversity, but most of the people who, like, weren't white were, like, adopted by, like, rich white parents. I see. Uh And not all the way. Like, I I can't speak for everyone. But Mm – and I also remember thinking, like, it's crazy that there are people who live in apartments. Mm. Like, that blew my Mm. mind. I see. Yeah. Which is, like, wild because a lot of people live in apartments. A lot of kids (laughs) live in apartments. Uh But – um, so it is like in like the wealthier part of, especially PPS. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember when like 2001, there was like a lot of budget cuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but then we were able to save our elementary school had like cellos and all these like woodwind instruments oh. that parents were able to like pay for and save those programs. And oh. we had like a whole band selection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there were a lot of like those kind of privileges of like, even though it's a public school yeah, because like the student body is so affluent. Like there's a lot of big benefits that we got. I see. I think like they're able to pull things together. Yeah. Well, and it's like in the, the high schools in my mind, like Wilson and Lincoln are the two like most affluent ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a lot to do with just the way that like Portland is set up economically, like yeah. a lot of, rich professionals live out on the west side yeah. where it's more expensive and more like cloistered away mm-hmm. um, where did you go to high school uh wilson oh you went where to wilson it's now ida b wells oh, okay yeah i say what was that like um it, i liked it a lot like it was pretty chill like so many like awesome teachers mm-hmm. um but it is looking back on it it's just I guess one, once you get to Wilson, like there are more like all of Southwest Portland kind of goes there. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. So it didn't feel like as just affluent white people, but still mostly. But also that's like <laughs> a lot of Portland. Like we're yeah, talking right, about, it's like one sure. of the whitest cities in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then being white myself, like those things just feel normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I guess... Do you want to talk about being Asian in Portland and what that felt like growing up? Uh, 
Not that you have to. I mean, I'm not like, okay, <laughs> I got to bring my Asian friend in no, here no, and talk about being no, Asian. No, that's not, I, well, there's a lot of things for that I feel... Uh, it, it is actually interesting because, you know, Portland is very white. Yeah. And for sure there is... Yeah, that's something that is like always a conversation point with my friends. Uh-huh. Like, oh, Portland's so white and right. there's no diversity here, which right. is true. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get out of Portland, you see how much, how different oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also there's appreciation I have with Portland because even though the uh, the diversity of like um, races isn't as much mm-hmm. and it's definitely overwhelmingly white, yeah. there's actually a pretty diverse amount of Asian people. Yeah. Like, like, totally. Like, um, it's not just Chinese people and Korean people, right? Even though it's overwhelming here, but I, I or even Vietnamese people, mm-hmm. but like a lot of my friends, they're like Cambodian. They're like uh, living in Portland. I met people that like from different parts that I would never meet totally, elsewhere. So. Totally, yeah, um, and that's the thing. Even like in a city where it's like dominant culture and like. Mm population but it's just such a big population that even like communities can build up of people with different yeah. cultural backgrounds yeah it's it feels very i have mixed uh, i mentioned like i have a lot of sure. mixed feelings about sure. portland like yeah. like uh in one ways i i love portland because i was born here uh-huh. uh there's it's it feels much like home it's uh-huh. quiet uh I know everywhere. <laughs> the food is pretty good, I'd say. Transit is pretty good. But yeah, it's also, but then again, it's also very white. There's also this lot of history yeah. that I uh, feel very uncomfortable about. Totally. Um, yeah, there, I mean, especially with Chinese people here in Portland, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of dynamics and history with that too. Oh, really? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, Chinese people have been in America for oh, year, like years right. and years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, seriously, like... That's, I don't think people know like as much of the history of like anti-Chinese racism and like the migrants and then like the Chinese Exclusion Act of like the early 1900s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also wild. I remember, I feel like it was in 2020. Um, oh crap, I can't remember the name of the movement, like the Stop Asian Hate Movement basically. Whereas like, it seemed like culturally we finally had a reckoning that it's like, not cool to be racist towards Asian people. Yeah, yeah. And that was like wild just seeing, especially like all the like comedy shows and stuff mm. that were like, like five years ago. And just, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that reckoning might've been interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> from your perspective and not yeah. that everything's solved now, but. Yeah, for sure. And that too, for about that, uh, there's also a part of me where I feel uncomfortable with uh the movement about stop Asian okay. hate uh-huh. of, of, from Asian people because uh, a lot of it can get coded into like anti-blackness. Right. Or like, that's why I, when people like show me videos about someone getting attacked or like uh-huh. an Asian person being attacked. Right. Oftentimes it's like, Oh, it's a, someone who's black. Right. And then I'm like, Oh God, what totally. are you? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's like that whole thing of like in the, um, the rights in 1992 in LA, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like the yeah. uh, the right wingers love to talk about like just like some of the violence that happened between like Korean communities there and yeah. the black community, and yeah, it sucks because at the at the end of the day, it like all goes down to white supremacy and like right, right. It seems like it's selective that they're yeah, pinpointing this. Right. So that's why when people bring it up, 
I understand it and I I get it and I don't discount that as an actual thing that happened. Uh-huh. But it's like why why focus on this? Yeah, and like try to focus on totally. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me. F- I don't feel as comfortable talking about it. Fair. But, uh, fair. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's that's just why like intersectionality is so important. Mm-hmm. And, like seeing like all the things that build up to this and yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then. I, there's like the whole thing about like the model minority myth or whatever, yeah. where that definitely goes into play. It seems mm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many. It's, it, it, we're going down a rabbit <laughs> yeah, hole. That's yeah. I, racism, man. It's wild. <laughs> that's uh, it's bad and wild. Yeah, for <laughs> that's sure. A synopsis. For sure. But not to say I'm uncomfortable oh, talking sure. with you about sure. about about these issues. It's just that but, I feel. It's a big conversation, yeah. And the Podcourt Slobcast is not maybe. <laughs> I mean, perfect. no, that's totally fine. We can definitely go down that rabbit hole, but just no, we it, can it's something to whatever. process a lot. Totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, racism's bad. All right, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> but man, food is good. Oh yeah, that and is something we can always agree it, on. Yes, and uh, yeah, those buns were amazing. Um, yeah. What uh? What's what's been on your mind lately? You said you've been what's watching lots of mind? movies. Yeah. You're trying to watch a lot of Chinese movies. Yeah, that's another thing. So this year, I've been kind of sending attention to limit the movies I've, I've been watching, uh-huh. and I've been drawn to watching Chinese movies specifically. Yeah. Tell me about that. Part of part of it is like wanting to connect and try to improve my Chinese. Cool. But I've also I've always liked um, Asian movies, Asian culture. Yeah. Uh, specifically Chinese movies, I think. There's like a vastness of it. And then there's like, okay, there's Hong Kong movies. There's also Taiwanese movies. There's also movies in the mainland. So, but trying to consume it all, consume all the history. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm not a good movie watcher. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like so fascinated. Yeah. Um, Have you had any like favorites that you've come up or unexpected Uh, ones? So, so many. Yeah. Tell me about (laughs) them. There's one I watched recently uh, called Chinese Portrait. And it's essentially this filmmaker. He, he over the span of like nine years Uh have like, he just like took uh, long still shots, uh, uh, video shots of of different parts of China. So there's one shot where it's like a a factory worker, like inside a factory or um outside in the rural part and it's just like you see like this horse like these two shows of horses nice. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all it is that's kind of the movies i watch all these like weird Ooh. obscure art form stuff nice no that's super cool <laughs> yeah yeah i've i've had a hard time watching kind of like the mainstream stuff yeah that makes me such like a hipster <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm right there with you <laughs> yeah yeah any movies that you've seen recently? Lately, let's see. Um, not any Chinese cinema. Oh, yeah. Well, have you seen? I just watched RRR. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. Is that Bollywood? Because I know there's all there's like two. There's Bollywood, and then there's another Indian, like movie. That's kind of a yeah spot that yeah. I, really know. I mean, like China, India is a vast country <laughs> with like a million different cultures and languages. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. But RRR was amazing. I've been mm. hearing about that for a while. Yeah, and yeah. um, actually, I streamed it on Discord. Nice. And uh, my friend Abbas joined, and he was watching too. Nice. And he is from. He was born in India. Nice. And so it was kind of cool getting his perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically like. Because India has such like a history of like all these different like cultural groups and clashing and warfare and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the movie is like intentionally not depicting like 
a specific culture, but I say um, it's kind of like this anti-British Raj, anti-colonialism type story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's three hours and just like amazing action scenes mm-hmm. and amazing like big dance numbers. And then the story is really cool, too, because it's like, yeah, these two guys who kind of team up and then eventually like like super violently like fight against the colonizers. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, it's just always cool to see a video. Or a movie with that perspective. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like so many American movies are just like, if they even touch any of those stories, it's like from the perspective of like European colonizers yeah, or yeah. like. It's the white savior. Oh, yeah. The, this one white savior felt really bad about <laughs> what he was yeah, doing. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, this person has trauma from the warfare that he caused mm-hmm. on all these. Yeah people across the world and the global south or whatever Mm -hmm. so seeing just like this triumphant anti-colonial movie like super indian super bollywood but i mean it it was big here in america too it's Mm -hmm. not like yeah that's something surprising how big it is yeah in america like (laughs) i was talking like i have an indian friend and he's like oh yeah it's huge or i mean it's so popular in india too but totally there's, there's so many movies like that in India. Right. So right. surprising, like this one movie. For something to break yeah, through. Yeah. I think, yeah, the action was just like so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Lord of the Rings, like the scene of like Legolas, like s- snowboarding downstairs, and, like shooting people <laughs> with his bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like cool shit like that. Mm. Um, Like kind of like none of it is realistic. Mm, I see. So it's almost intentionally kind of over the top. Yeah. Cause I I honestly don't like action movies that much. Mm -hmm. Like just you drive a fast car and then you beat up a bunch of goons (laughs) and it's like all badass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't appeal to me, but this this was like, it was hitting good. Yeah. I Um, think, I think also like, I never realized how many, like I think of international movies too. Something about international movies that are not American. It just, resonate it's it's fascinating to see how much oh, there totally, is out there <laughs> totally well that's one thing about american culture like being so universal mm-hmm. and like such a big export yeah um and especially i mean living in america you mainly get american culture but like mm-hmm. there's art being made all over the world by yeah. everyone and yeah. it's always so interesting like getting a little taste yeah, it's interesting too for me watching like Chinese movies, especially yeah. because like you can see kind of it's specific to China and that uh, region right. or, or Taiwan or wherever it's yeah. being uh, made. But then you see like the, a lot of it's talking about being post colonization or right. post like something. Totally. Something related to America or the West. Yeah. So. Uh, that's kind of why I've enjoyed it. I, it's like, oh, because I think uh, for me, a lot of people talk about like Asian American movies or there's a lack of Asian American uh, content, uh-huh. which right. is true. Like it's nice to see like uh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians get popular uh-huh. and like see that be made. Oh, totally. But then there's like, there's already been like Asian movies for right. decades. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. it's fascinating to me. That's yeah. why I'm so drawn to it. Because it's like, oh, this is actually, it's always been there. Totally. It's my roots. And why it's just as good <laughs> mm-hmm. as anything else yeah that it, that's why it is fun to be a little more intentional and to like go off of the mainstream because like so much of that like even when you talk about like representation and media and stuff yeah it just depends on like what the big money players are gonna show and uh, like yeah what, doesn't have to um, be hollywood yeah exactly <laughs> and so that's why i like 
love finding more like smaller creators or just yeah maybe more artsy things and not mm-hmm. to say that mainstream stuff's bad but there's yeah. a clear like filter there mm-hmm. um oh i was gonna say one i think one really cool thing about how they finished rrr mm-hmm. is they had like a big long outro but then they were just like highlighting different like revolutionary figures. Mm, I see. And in this one, they were from like all these different like cultural groups and throughout history and different uh-huh. like eras of India. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool. And it was like kind of showcasing like, look at all these people who fought for freedom and fought for people. And even though they're like from different cultures, they could like get mm. showcased. But the overall message was just like pro Indian and it didn't seem like too like nationalistic necessarily, but it was like a celebration of like, look how wide our culture and his shared history is. Yeah. But so that really struck, stuck me. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm not that big of a movie guy. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last, was the movie you saw before that? Do you remember? Uh, Well, I, the civil dead. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that. It's a a banger movie right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I the week before I streamed Tar. Oh, because that was another. I'm gonna keep up these, maybe not fully weekly, but maybe weekly streams. Because each time, like only a couple people join in Discord. But Mm. for me, it's like I want to watch this movie. Okay, I'm just gonna get put on open invite. People can come watch if they want. Yeah, and that just like gives me a little bit more motivation to actually watch it Mm -hmm, for sure. And just like chatting along while we're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see people that do that. Like they'll actually. I start. I did. I did it a little bit. Like Uh covertly stream my own on Twitch. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um. Dace. Mm-hmm. Dace. He does that every Sunday. Yeah. 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 We talked about that when he came on the pod. Mm. You're actually. You're the second raw dog on the oh, on the podcast. I'm, I'm honored. Welcome aboard. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to let them know. Yeah. Let the peeps know. Um, but yeah, Tar. What's your impression of Tar? It was good. It's yeah. like I see why everyone's talking about it. It's a really yeah. good performance. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> um, sure. But it's almost one where it's like. I feel kind of dumb watching it. Oh I, yeah. That's like that's intentional, most I media. I feel yeah. like it's intentional. <laughs> I think part of me is still in like English class mode mm. where I need to like get some deep meaning from oh. like every piece and like yeah. I need to be ready to write an essay. <laughs> but when I can just like turn off my brain and just like let it hit me and yeah. like have whatever reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of enjoy it a little more. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I feel like that, that should be how movies are. You don't mm-hmm. need to, Totally divulge too totally. much, or or try to talk about the mezzan sen or yeah, yep. the cinematography was really good, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I'm a. I think that's kind of the slobcore way. Like I can enjoy pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like even like big dumb mainstream movies, it's still fun eye candy or whatever. Yeah, they all have served their purpose if it brings enjoyment. Yep, totally. Yeah. I did see Avatar in theaters. Oh yeah, did you watch it in 3D? Mm-hmm. It nice. was pretty sick. It's nice. just like. Have you ever heard of the game Subnautica? I have, yeah. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I played over quarantine. Nice, nice. And for people who don't know, it's just like a big deep sea exploration, like survival game. Yeah. And it's just gorgeous and like like piloting little submarines through the oceans and there's like big monsters that come out. Like yeah. I love that kind of like uh setting. Mm-hmm. And so Avatar mm-hmm. was just like oh. gorgeously oh, yeah. shot and <laughs> it was cool. The yeah, story so, was like kind of basic, but yeah, that's not what it's but about. But the environment. Yeah. I like it when the movie is just like full. I mean, I just talked about a movie that these shooting 
still shots for an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love when movies are just like an, an environment. I mean, Avatar is like watching a super high res CG movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, yes, speaking of Civil Dead, um, if anyone's listening to this, you should check it out. It's really good. It's about to be playing in different cities and it's uh, written and directed by Clay Tatum, who's one of the hosts of American Arts and Culture Review, which is a podcast we both like. And did you? So I streamed that when it was um, on Slam Dance last year. Did you watch that with us? I think I missed out on that. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good time. And actually, up on my wall there. Oh yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Clay sent me a little thank you because it was kind of like the official like fan club viewing of the movie, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. Clay and Bud were watching it with us. Yeah, and they did like an impromptu Q and A for like thirty minutes after. Nice, nice, nice. Have you seen the movie though? I did. I okay, did. nice. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so right there, that Polaroid. There's one scene where, like, I guess a little spoiler, but like, Wit is like a ghost, and um, Clay takes a picture of him, and he doesn't mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. But that Polaroid is the actual one from the shot. Oh damn! That they use. Nice. So I was like so honored that Clay <laughs> sent that to me, and. It's funny. It is kind of like a parasocial thing. Like I'm just such a big fan of Clay, and the fact he even like knows who I am <laughs> yeah. is like crazy. Yeah. It's trippy. But, um, yeah. So he's about to win an Oscar for Civil oh, yeah. Dead, I think. Yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta beat out uh, best actor. Yeah. Or whoever's <laughs> who is the best actor this year? I, mean, I don't oh, know. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I really don't even pay much attention to the oh. Oscars. Yeah. Have, yeah. you, have you ever listened to Who Charted, the podcast? I have, yeah. Yeah. I, Only a few. Not I, that much. That's what I love. Like, I love Howard Kramer. He's such a weirdo. Mm-hmm. But he's honestly where I get most of, like, my mainstream pop culture information. Oh, I see. Because he goes over, like, the top charts and stuff. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But he's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long have you been listening to podcasts? I'm, I'm always podcasts. curious talking about podcasting. As people. long as they've been invented, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like in the I used to like watch like uh, Tech TV or G Four. Oh yeah. So those Classic. people would have like they're very they uh-huh. were like very pioneer very early pioneers of podcasting. So yeah. I used to listen to those type of podcasts, but not any serious. I used to listen to a lot of like history podcasts. Oh and fun! Then for a while, like any NPR. Uh huh. You, know, you get up on that stuff. Dan Carlin. <laughs> I tried to. Yeah. Those ones are very hard to get <laughs> they're into. They're wild because they're so long. Yeah, they're too long. Too yeah. long. So that's yeah. probably why I didn't listen to it. And then I started listening to like uh, Doughboys. So I think that's nice. that's really what got into Nice. Seriously into podcasting, I guess, or yeah. listening to podcasts. Yeah. Like in a very consistent basis. Totally. What um? Do you remember how you found Doughboys? Uh, I think it was... Because Mitch was in love and oh, I was like into Judd Apatow. I love from, that show. Totally. <laughs> I was all into like uh, Freaks and Geeks. So when oh, I watched cool. Love and then I was like, oh, Mitch has a po-. It was actually kind of funny because I uh-huh. remember I subscribed to or like I subscribed to the uh, Doughboys yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I tried listening to the beginning of a few episodes and uh-huh. I was like, they're just talking. When you're going to talk about the restaurant. <laughs> right. Because right. my parents own a restaurant too. So I always feel really. And then like. Sure. Being nostalgic about that. I mean, that's their whole. That's how they get the audience because people feel nostalgic about oh, yeah. chain restaurants. <laughs> totally. Totally. So I was like, why are they talking about <laughs> the chain restaurants? So for like months, I did not listen to any episode. And I think uh-huh. um, um, I'm trying to remember who's the guest that they had. Uh, she's also in. Love. In love, um, Gillian Jacobs. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I watched, I listened to that one, and then oh, that one kind of got, board. yeah, yeah nice. that was my onboarding. Nice. That's, that's when I got hooked, and into then it. you're hooked totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. That's funny. I, I think, 
I had heard about Doughboys for a while because I've been listening to Comedy Bang Bang since like 2012. Uh, I say. And yeah. like, yeah, I've always like gravitated towards comedy. It's mm. probably not a surprise as someone's just like always <laughs> joking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really liked Reggie Watts. And then mm. I was like Googling Reggie Watts. I was like, oh, he was on this podcast and he's on this show. And then so I got into Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, and then there's just like so many like LA improvisers you kind yeah. of become familiar with and you listen to a lot. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Weiger of Doughboys, he would do the monster fuck oh, every year. Um, and so eventually I think like on Reddit or something, I saw someone talking about how Nick Weiger is the next Scott Ackerman. Like he's so funny. <laughs> and I finally checked it out. I think it was the um, KFC with Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, and like I see. any podcast episode with Paul F. Tompkins is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started listening to it. And I was like, oh, I all I do is think about food and talk yeah. about food yeah. Yeah. and comedy and like poop and butt <laughs> jokes. And yeah. so it was just like love at first listen. Yeah. 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 Actually back then I was working in a lab in uh Kansas and oh, really? it's um the it was an oil analysis lab mm-hmm. and the work there was like so menial and boring uh-huh. that I was listening to eight hours of podcasts a day, oh, but geez. actually 16 hours because I was on double speed. Oh, so I was just wow. like 16 hours of doughboys in a row, Jeez. like losing my mind. So funny. bored. Actually, I can never do the like 2x speed. Yeah, I haven't gone back to it, Yeah, but that's I mean, like, that's how I, uh, <laughs> I burst through the Doughboys backlog uh, and I it see. was fun to like, get yeah. caught up. Yeah. yeah. But, and then that, then you just find out like they have their cool, hilarious guests on and they have their own podcasts. And yeah. So then I got in like Hollywood handbook and that's mm. how I found American arts and culture review. Oh, I see. Yeah. But and then through, through that was, Oh, you said through that you started watching Twitch, right? Yeah. So in like pandemic, um, American Arts and Culture Review started streaming some mm-hmm. of their episodes and then Rod and Bud especially started streaming a lot. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm not sure about this Twitch thing. Like I'd never had like <laughs> caught on with this. Like I don't yeah. just want to watch because I'd only seen like really popular ones before that. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like someone playing video games so you just and then Ninja. a chat that's just going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like what the heck? Why would you even do it? Yeah. But once it was like, oh, comedians i already think are super hilarious Mm -hmm. and it's like a smaller chat and so it's like more interactive and like i can make rod read all my dumb jokes and he's so nice that he'll like read it and respond yeah actually now i think about it i think i think i mentioned mitchell light but actually before then a you song you know from yeah that's actually where i started oh nice (laughs) his streams are great yeah because he used to like when he first was streaming he was like just doing like chess or something yeah 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 <laughs> and i was gravitated to him because as a fellow asian oh totally so i was like oh yeah and yep. then through that i think that's the wormhole <laughs> yeah and and he's like right around our age yeah that's, that's another thing for the longest time like most of the podcasts i listen to are hosted by like people in their like early 40s late 30s mm-hmm. and you song specifically i gravitated towards him so much because like he's the same age as us pretty much yeah yeah and um it's always cool just like hearing, talking to someone the same age as you, because mm-hmm. especially at the age of technology and social media, like even a five year difference can be such a different, like <laughs> yeah, growing sure. up experience. Yeah. Or, like, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like think about five years younger than us. Like, do you feel this? I feel like we kind of grew up in a sweet spot I do, of like yeah. knowing the internet, but also not it being all encompassing mm-hmm. and like, yeah 
being like deep on Instagram when we were like 11 or whatever. Right, right. There's like a bit of, it's not so for like so distance where it's like, oh, I don't know how to use the internet. Right, right. But it's also not like you're so ingrained to it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I was talking to, I feel like I was talking to somebody about this exact mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember exactly how that, <laughs> what the essence of it what was, yeah. but I forget. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating. I think. I mean, I talk about this a lot, especially since I'm now like someone who makes content for the internet. Mm, yeah. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. Do you ever think about what your legacy would be? Like, do you want this to be like yeah. archived forever? I guess. Well, that's kind <laughs> like, of like, like when they look down a history book, they'll see. Your- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is weird to think about that because on one hand, what I like about the internet is how even though it seems like everything's forever, mm-hmm. there's really such a day, day, deluge of information that like things are almost just more momentary. Like that's true. I'm yeah. not so worried about what I post on my stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just up there for a day. And like, yeah. Um, but it is cool. Like, especially this podcast feed, mm-hmm. like just having all these cool conversations recorded and like yeah. be able to share the fun and hilarity of my friends with like other friends or people want to listen. Yeah. And then you can have the more intimate, like, like your, uh, the one that you had over your grandpa. Yeah, exactly. The more intimate and more yeah. of like personal totally. storytelling. And I think that's why I really like doing it. Just kind of rudderless and just mm-hmm. wherever I'm at at a certain point. Yeah. Cause it's kind of, it's cool to see what I'm interested in, like who I'm talking to, mm. but also it just leaves up so much room for like serendipity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause if I was like trying to make it big, I yeah. would like pick a lane and I would find out like what people like about me the most and yeah. like become a caricature of that. <laughs> That's true. Which yeah. I do worry about, cause I think mm-hmm. one thing people really like about me is how I'm vulnerable and I'm sharing a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I could like, I think there's some like types of content where that's like you just really boost that up and you try and like build as many parasocial connections as possible. Mm-hmm. And like I I'm wary of that, um, but I also yeah. just like it's kind of fun playing with that parasocial social connection because yeah. like yeah. you and I were people who just met on the internet but now <laughs> we like, yeah. are having a fun time and have yeah. a cool conversation <laughs> yeah you're not just a cooking guy right. <laughs> totally totally and I think I'm able to do that because I don't see these things like transactionally mm, like I'm mm-hmm. not trying to make slobcore into like a career a super a career yeah. or like a super big viral sensation like mm-hmm. if i was doing that i would be like doing all these tiktok trends yeah and i would be yeah. like looking at the analytics and like yeah oh crap when i have my shirt on i do way better so i need to do that <laughs> or yeah yeah or you go into the thing of like food youtube where it's just like insane meals and yeah. it's just like i'm making a 12 <laughs> stack like dirty quarter pounder yeah um so i think the fact that i'm really intentional about like keeping things real and just like yeah. i'm more living out loud and not trying mm-hmm. to like modulate how i'm living even yeah. though there's been like cool things that have come from all this and mm-hmm. like cool connections yeah yeah but yeah it's Internet's tricky waters. Yeah. Did you ever have like a, a blog or anything like that before? Like, have you ever did like blogs? <sighs> Not or anything really. Like, that? Yeah. like, well, I've always, I've always been so much of a better reader in school than a mm. writer. Oh, I see. And I think part of that just comes from like being a little shy and not wanting to like let mm. myself come out. So I've always been someone who has like a lot of thoughts and opinions, but 
hasn't always just let myself like I say be seen. I say so. This is like really like it's kind of recent in Denver. Yeah, it is kind of like I think quarantine and just mm. COVID and like yeah. the new world we're in. I yeah. was like, you know what, like. The extreme isolation I, yeah. just made you want to. Totally. I feel like I'm every day. I feel like I'm just going to drop dead of a heart attack. So I might as well like <laughs> live yeah. life. Yeah, that's true. Out that's loud true. And the yeah. fullest. Yeah. And I've just gotten so much awesome feedback and just mm. realizing. So it is, it is like therapeutic for me. Nice. And yeah. it is funny. Cause like, I think people's perception of me, cause I, I I've always been a person who's like been well liked and made a lot of friends. Mm. Um, and so I really, love to indulge in that and like to do things with friends yeah, and like yeah. do videos and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think people's perception of me is probably that I'm more extroverted than I actually am. Mm, I see. That seems to be pretty common amongst like yeah. people doing art and stuff. Yeah. 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 I kind of brought that up because um, it's interesting because I feel like I've been on the internet for a long time and yeah. like I would publish things and to see someone that's doing it publicly is, is kind of, is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Oh, it definitely um, is. I don't know. No. Well, um, like one thing that you just did lately, like you just put out a bit of writing. Yeah. Yeah. And a yeah. Blog, and that was, <laughs> I thought that was so awesome. And you were very kind. And you said that I was a bit, bit of an inspiration for you. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Talk about that. What was that experience like? Well, I think it's part of like wanting to be vulnerable, like, to be able to ex express myself yeah. and to be able to write something. Yeah. Uh, but still do it kind of privately. Totally. <laughs> and not to be like, or keep it ambiguous. Uh, yeah. Just telling, I feel like there's a lot of stories that I have. Yeah. Or just like childhood stories, like, like having, like I, what I like about podcasting is like mm -hmm. telling people's stories. Right. And having conversations that we generally will have, um, every day or mm -hmm. like we we off mic i'd say definitely um, so to be able to record it to write it down and to see if it sticks with somebody yeah or they resonate with that totally that's part of why i guess why i did that writing yeah it was kind of on the whim i've been talking to friends about like growing up here in portland mm -hmm. uh, um what it, yeah just like oh yeah there's a lot of things that i i i've why don't i just put it out why don't yeah. i just write it out yeah and there's a lot of like there, uh, there's a lot of tension about like how to write it out. Sure. And totally. it's a lot of like self-judgment. Like, oh, it's uh -huh. just so cliche. This is kind uh -huh. of very cringe. I, I mentioned blogging. If you did any blogging, because like I think back on all the blogs that I used to have. Right. <laughs> and I cringe oh so much about them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. 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 I wonder if five years, if I'm just going to be like. I'm like a lawyer. I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> totally but I'm looking everything. back, I'm so embarrassed about all this. Yeah. You all your, your whole black lock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I yeah. think it's, uh, there's something to be said about, because I, I kind of do just have to turn off that self-criticism yeah. and like, I am so good at overthinking something to the point of inaction. Yeah. And so I just need to be like, no, you know what? Even if this is bad, I don't actually care. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm like upsetting anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's vulnerability is hard. But yeah, I do. Yeah. And well, even in like doing slobcore, it's been amazing. Um, like, I've reconnected with a lot of like old friends or like friends from middle school or high school that like were like Instagram mutuals and we never really interacted or anything. Mm -hmm. But like, 
people I was friends with and I was fond of, that doesn't go away. Yeah. Like I've really realized how much my personal relationships aren't like bound by space or time. Mm -hmm. But there is that thing where you like drift away from someone. Yeah. And it can feel like, oh, I guess we're not cool anymore. We're not friends anymore. Uh (laughs) But then everyone's feeling that way. And everyone's just overwhelmed and you Mm -hmm. go through different parts in life and like, yeah, you don't need to like be in constant connection with someone to still have those memories and those good feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been fun kind of like realizing that and just realizing because there were times where I felt like I'd fully disconnected from a lot of people and community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool now realizing like, no, that the disconnection, like I felt it, mm-hmm. but it's not like there was anything that happened. There wasn't anything wrong. Yeah. And so being able to play more with that and just be a little more confident that like, oh no, this person still thinks I'm cool. Yeah. Or- and then like doing slobcore or doing the podcast, like because I'm like showing myself and putting myself out there. I'm less of like an internet wallflower, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you think, kind of allowed an avenue for people to connect with you. Again. Yeah. And I think even through school, I was pretty shy and like held back because mm-hmm. I had these same anxieties. Yeah. But I think people were more like, I think I had hold myself back from people who maybe liked me and we had a good connection, but mm. I was just like, so in my mind of like, yeah. okay, what's the social hierarchy <laughs> here? Like, yeah. Uh, th- that person's too cool for me. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. like, Everyone, even the people that I think were like the cool, popular kids, mm-hmm. they felt like lonely and they felt like there was this weird stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting being an adult and being able to like kind of deconstruct all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That's definitely something that still goes in my head. Like, yeah. Like, who can I hang out with? Or totally. Like, who can I talk to? Right. Uh, I'm not cool enough to hang <laughs> yeah. out with these people. Yeah. It's, it's strange how it still kind of persists now. It does. It really does. And, and uh, I think something like doing this, like a podcast, it kind of opens the lanes for yeah. any candid conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is like a vulnerable thing we're doing, but yeah. it's like we've been having a good conversation for 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I like podcasts so much. Because yeah. even in times where I felt isolated and more lonely, mm-hmm. like at least I was like entertained and like was like listening to Doughboys talk about nothing or like <laughs> one of the reasons I like American Arts and Culture Review, it, it feels like sitting around making dumb jokes with my dumb friends in yeah. like high school or yeah. whatever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so it just... uh yeah, kind of realizing that everyone has different insecurities and like yeah, that uh, most people are looking to connect and most people are holding themselves back a little bit just because yeah. like society's a lot and there's a lot of just shit. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like breaking through that whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. You were talking about how your parents own a restaurant. Yeah. I want to hear about that a little bit. Uh, so my parents, they own a Americanized, a very, very Americanized Chinese restaurant down uh-huh. in Southern Oregon. Uh-huh. And they owned it since 2004. Okay. And they're actually about to be finished right. next month. Right. Wow. Yeah. Down down in Roseburg. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, how was that growing up with your parents owning a restaurant? Like, was uh, a lot of stress from that? or For sure. Uh-huh. I think it's a bit of a point of contention with my family or right. parents. Okay. Just because like, I mean- Again, it's like a very mixed feelings about, I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's a little bit different because I moved from Portland to Roseburg as opposed to being actually right. raised in it. Okay. Because I have like other friends who've like 
been raised in the restaurant uh-huh and they have more fond memories <laughs> right when i moved there i was almost like a teen uh, getting becoming a teenager yeah so it's like and that's not, a big change yeah you have to like work at the restaurant and right. stuff like that <laughs> right and so. if i had to guess there aren't many other chinese people in roseburg there's not yeah no. if there is there's like this strange competition between different chinese restaurants interesting oh my god <laughs> yeah no. there'd be like times where my mom was like hey go go see how much how busy that restaurant uh, the other chinese restaurant oh, you were doing is. corporate espionage yeah, yeah essentially yeah like one time i went to with my brother to the to the other restaurant to test out their food oh my gosh <laughs> compare how was it compare out of what it was not as good <laughs> okay good for sure <laughs> but they were more busy yeah so my mom was pissed right wow wow <laughs> yeah but no growing grow up the restaurant it's like it's like food service work is grueling and oh my tough God. and uh, seriously it, i think actually when i think about all the skills i developed i feel like the time work at the restaurant is more uh Acclimable than any any yeah. any skills I got from college. <laughs> totally, just kind totally. of kind of funny because you just pick up on like how people like when people are upset, like mm-hmm. how to deal with that, how to be patient, how to like slow down and totally. not be overwhelmed by like a hundred things going on. Right. <laughs> you get you really learn quickly that you need to uh, balance your emotions and also like not take things uh, personally. Right. Right. I mean, it's a Growing working in a restaurant in general is tough, but working with it with your family is yeah, even tougher. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother layer. Yeah. And so, yeah, it seems yeah. that's seems to be a pretty common like immigrant experience. Like that's a yeah. Seems to be a decent way to make money, uh-huh. especially in America. Like and then of course it's like Americanized restaurants. But. Yeah, yeah. So it's always fun. Yeah, there's it's funny the white people like it's like a redneck country. So like, yeah, right. Coming to a Chinese restaurant, they're like, this is the <laughs> the strangest thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, it's like sesame chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there are some people. There's some rest, uh, customers that will only eat like a hamburger. They they won't, <laughs> oh my gosh, when they come, they yes. they just order a hamburger and French yeah. fries. <laughs> that is so wild. Which which. Uh, low-key Chinese restaurant hamburgers are pretty good. Oh yeah, see, I should I should actually try that cause... because they also fresh. I mean, they don't get enough orders for hamburgers, yeah. so like they'll fry everything fresh. Right, it's kind of a pain to ask to make for them, but totally. it's usually pretty good. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, no, that's such an yeah completely different experience than I had. Certainly, yeah. I don't. Yeah. My my best bar didn't run a Norwegian restaurant. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool though. I last May I had some friends over and we did a big crab rangoon making party. Oh, nice, dude! I felt like a millionaire (laughs) because we made like 150 crab rangoon. Yeah, and at a Chinese restaurant, that's like it's like what 12 bucks for an order of six or something. Exactly. It was just like I was rolling in the dough, (laughs) but. Oh man! Did you use what? You use cream cheese and imitation cream crab? cream cheese, imitation crab. I think a little ginger and garlic and green onions. Ooh, nice. Maybe that's, I think that's a little soy sauce up. in there. Yeah, because yeah. like for my parents' restaurant, it's literally just the imitation crab and um, cream cheese and MSG. Nice, nice <laughs> chicken powder. Heck yes, that's Heck how yes. they make it taste super, super good. Oh yeah, it's so good. <laughs> well, oh, the whole thing about like the anti MSG stuff oh, in yeah. America, I mean, I've like a, done all that reading. It's, it's funny. so annoying. I never realized that that was such like a yeah. just a myth essentially. Yeah, and then it's like this racialized thing too. Yeah, where yeah. like Doritos are completely covered in MSG. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm a big old MSG fan over here. Oh yeah, 
I I have a lot of fondness to Americanized Chinese food too. Even though, oh, yeah, it's sure. like, it's kind of funny talking to other like friends of mine who are, uh-huh. who are either Chinese or Asian yeah. they're like oh don't eat I don't eat can- uh, Panda Express because it's not real right right and I'm all I'm like eh, it's kind of I mean sure it was catered for white people but it's also what we made what the first immigrants made yeah at this point like there's a history to it yeah and it's not Chinese food necessarily like yeah. food Chinese but yeah Chinese American history is really important too. Yeah, it's probably derived just from some sense from a real dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right. it's kind of funny. Yeah. What's do you have a favorite American Chinese dish? And do you have a favorite Chinese dish? This is a two part uh, question. Americanized, I would. I sweet so, so chicken is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I do like oh, orange chicken. Yes. Uh, the, yes. There's an egg roll. Give me a crab wonton. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll take that shit. <laughs> yes. I'll take that shit to the dome. Yeah. Any any sort of fried rice. Hell yeah. Uh, like authentic Chinese food. It's actually kind of hard for me because I get tired of it. Like dim sum and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though I grew up having it. Yeah. It's not. I, I had it so much that it's not special anymore. Totally. Like even going to the the pastry store. Uh huh. Even though it's like very nostalgia and I enjoy it, I, I'm like, eh, I've had this like a, yeah a thousand yeah. times. <laughs> that makes sense. So, uh, things that I I like. There's a like a sticky rice that they there's a holiday for sticky rice Ooh. the dragon uh, that's what's up I don't know, I remember the exact name but uh-huh. but my grandma would make specifically this like sticky rice for wow. for the family so nice. that's like the one that Hell I, yeah. uh, fond for love it yeah and then once the grandma foods like that's just <laughs> yeah that's killer yeah for sure yeah for sure I um. I just went. I've been meaning to go forever. I just went to Frank's Noodle House. Oh yeah, on Broadway there. I don't I know if it's never Chinese. Been. It is. Dude, it it was is so good. Yeah. Oh my god. I got the. They have like black bean sauce, and there's just a mm-hmm. handful of noodles were insane. Yeah. And actually, on the table right here, do you are you much of a cook? Uh, not the best. But yeah. It's so kind of funny. My my parents own a restaurant, but I don't actually cook right. that much. <laughs> That's great because they kind of kept me away from the kitchen. Sure. Yeah. I, I get that. So this is uh, Jake Kenjalopa's all. He's one of my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. if you've read like Serious Eats and the Food Lab is his oh, first yeah. book. I remember watching his YouTube videos. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. That his YouTube videos are actually one of the main inspirations for. Oh yeah, Slopcore. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, the ones where he has the GoPro yeah, on the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've just recently I have all these cookbooks, but I don't cook from them enough. So mm-hmm. I went through and I marked nice. with the uh, bookmarks. Nice. nice, but there's there's one in here that. Because I I never had black bean sauce and I was like oh my god I've been missing out oh but yeah look at this oh, black shrimp beans? yeah <laughs> or fish stuffed chilies and black bean sauce mm-hmm. dude I'm so excited to make this yeah because I also just got um me and my siblings split and we got a wok burner oh so yeah I have like a nice. high power yeah, wok legit, burner on my yeah, porch legit Chinese restaurant setup yeah. <laughs> so it's been fun going through this and doing some of the nice because you get the wok hay or whatever oh yeah um, yeah. Yeah, black bean sauce. Uh, that's that's probably one of my favorite sauces. Yeah. You ever have you ever done like a green beans and black bean sauce? I haven't. You should do that. Okay. Especially with the wok because you okay. can fry it like that, yeah. stir fry oh, it. It's I actually probably one of my favorites. Green beans. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's been. I need it. I'm excited to do more of these um, recipes because I am pretty good at just going chopped mode and like just using what I have in the fridge. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, it is fun following a recipe. And you yeah, can, like, there's explore. something unique when you make something that's specific. Totally. Because I, I definitely cook the same meals every day. Yeah. I can eat the same meals for like 10 days straight uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever meat I have and just put it with rice and make fried rice. Yep. With that. yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, that's hard to go wrong with. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then I'm also excited with that wok burner. I have a massive like um 
big tamale uh, oh. pot. And it also is like good for canning things. Oh, I see. But this summer I'm planning on in, at Gabriel Park. I'll, I'll be sure to let you know when I do yeah. this. I yeah. want to do a big fish boil or not or like Ooh. a crawfish boil. Oh, shit. Because nice. it's just like so fun and just yeah. being able to like get a massive pot of water boiling mm-hmm. now that I got the technology. Yeah. Have you done hot pot or have had hot, hot, had hot I've, pot? I've been meaning to do hot pot for a long time. I've I mean, never it's, essentially it. I've never sea, made it's like it. a seafood boil, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I actually just, I had dim sum once in Australia, actually, really? in eighth grade. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was pretty good. Like, uh, yeah. Chinatown in Sydney is pretty big because, I mean, oh, yeah? it's pretty close to China. Yeah. Right. Um, that was super good. It was yum cha was the name of the dim sum place oh okay and so that's all i stuck in my head but just recently <laughs> with a couple friends i went to um i think excellent cuisine oh okay it used to be Wong's king yes exactly yeah, yeah. my friend uh, keep she's jewish and oh. their jewish christmas would always oh, be to go yeah. to Wong's king <laughs> that's, that's what she showed me yeah yes yeah. it's that uh that alliance <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah what you what'd you have there? Do you remember? We got a lot. It was it was a pretty good spread, a couple like of the pork and shrimp, like dumplings. Mm-hmm. And uh uh Did you get an egg tart? Yes, the egg tarts were. Did you amazing. try one of those custard so, buns? Yes, we were talking about custard today and they didn't yeah, have it at yeah. the they bakery just the today. But one. we did get some of those. Nice. Oh it my god, bursting that custard. With custard. It's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like it's like an egg yolk when you just get a perfectly runny yolk. Yeah. But yeah. just so delicious. Yeah. It's actually interesting. There's some that are really extra yolky, and there's some that are more gelatinous. Okay. I actually like the one that's more gelatinous. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because the yolky one, it kind of was yeah, a huge it gets mess. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, burst of yep. stuff. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. I think. Our favorite Chinese restaurant growing up was Wu's Open Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's in the name there, but that was always cool because they have like a big window into the kitchen. Oh, so just being a little kid yeah. and watching the cooks like yeah. use all the fire and then you get like <laughs> the cool water spigots that like, oh, go yeah. over the walk. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's par- that's pretty much my parents' restaurant. Yeah, like, oh. but they have a window, but like that hot walk, and totally the fire, right? Yeah, I mean, like. Chinese cooking's very impressive and like just the temperatures and all the techniques. Like yeah. reading yeah. this book, like that the cool thing about Kenji Lopez Alt is he really talks about technique and stuff. Uh-huh. And so how to buy and store clams, he has a whole page on. Nice. Have you mastered Can't- your walk? flick not yet but i i do i can show you my walk after we do this i do yeah. have like the good uh oh, spatulas yeah. and all that yeah. i have to ask my i don't know how my dad does it he's his sure. his hand he, he it's he, like all calloused yeah and it's like all burnt and wow. stuff he will just like touch like hot iron and it doesn't feel anything i think he lost all his senses because <laughs> oh his wow. he's been working at the chinese restaurant for sure even before we, we owned a restaurant he was working That's at the chinese restaurant yeah. yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah dang but yeah I gotta. I'll let you know when I make those uh, yeah. shrimp stuff. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I won't and judge then, you or anything. Oh, I won't good. Be like, oh, no, you it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, one of the other cookbooks I went through, Norway's Delights: Dishes nice. and Specialties. This is an old one that my best mama, who she was my best of far's first wife, she died in fourth grade, mm. but this was hers, I guess. And um, I'm gonna do pounded fish so um in norway like one of my best first favorite treats are like little fish cakes Mm -hmm. and um my dad's been making them 
lately. And they're really good the way we do it. We do it through like the grinder on the KitchenAid. Mm -hmm. But this one in the recipe, you basically just pound the fish in the flour for 15 minutes with a hammer. (laughs) And so I think it kind of will get almost like bologna, like super. Oh, um, I see. Super emulsified. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to do that for a slob core. Did you did you eat a lot of Norwegian food growing up? Is that kind of typical? It would it would be a thing like um, on holidays. Oh, so I see. Um, one of the things we do a lot is uh, crap. What's it called? It's like a baked fish casserole, baked cod casserole mm-hmm. or a souffle. It's codfish souffle. Mm-hmm. Crap. What's it called? I just had it for Christmas. <laughs> um. Uh, it's not coming to me. Oh well. So so, but but, but we have that, and mm-hmm. then um, also Bloomkohl Supa, which is like a cauliflower soup and cream, mm, which is really good. Mm. But the funny thing, I mean, comparing Chinese food to Norwegian food, <laughs> yeah, Norwegian food, it's fish and it's butter and it's cream <laughs> and it's root vegetables, mm, and that's see. pretty much it. So it's yeah. it's pretty much white and yellow. <laughs> And sometimes a so little a brown. Of, and a lot of seafood. <laughs> and a lot well, of seafood. I, I, Chinese food is, at least in, in Cantonese culture, we would eat a lot of fish too. Yeah, Actually, sure. I'm not fond of seafood, but my parents, my fam- okay. all my family members love seafood. Yeah. They eat like clams and shrimp and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, when we were growing up, one of the like the staple food we would have is like steamed fish, like a whole fish. And Ooh. just be like with like some sort of soy sauce or yeah. ginger. <sighs> yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny talking to white people about what they have for food yeah because, sure because my memory of like going to a white person's house uh-huh, uh-huh. and having the food that they eat for dinner <laughs> right, right always feels so different so <laughs> right like what was like what what would you have yeah for- so it would like one of my so my dad his mom best of mama wasn't like the best cook ever mm-hmm. and so they would just have a lot of like her meatloaf was amazing, but mm, just like yeah. classic, I think, white American yeah, food. Yeah, I've never had a meatloaf, I don't think. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> what, so it's kind of funny, right? I have to do a meatloaf sometime. <laughs> um, but so because of that, I think he became like such a foodie. Mm, like he, I see. He loves food. I mean, it's where I get it from for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but still, like mama, she would do a lot of the cooking. And so like chicken and dumplings. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is from your dad's side. You're. This is from my mom's side. Oh, your mom's side. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And like her mom grew up in like Missouri and the Great Depression, like the super uh, big family. I see. So milk toast is a classic. Oh. And so it's literally just stale bread, put it in the oven, get it really dry. Uh-huh. And then you make milk and butter and a little sugar. Mm. And you basically just like then soak the dry toast in that. Oh, and it's so delicious! So like a, so like a sweet, it just becomes like bread. a soggy toast thing. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's pretty good though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we and then she'd make like simple stir fries, or we'd do like a Costco. I actually Costco they have the um, I think it's char siu, but like the barbecue pork. Oh, okay. The I didn't know one. they have that. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> so we'd always do that. She just oh, do it in foil, and then we yeah. cut it yeah. up, and then they got the hot mustard with it. Nice. That was really good. So we we ate quite varied mm-hmm. um, growing up, but yeah, that is a funny thing. And then that's another like common immigrant story I've heard of like their white friends coming <laughs> over or like getting made fun of in school because their oh, lunch like smells yeah. weird. Yeah, but it's like they're eating like amazing food that now all those white <laughs> kids are like spending like thirty dollars to go to like the yeah. restaurant that like 
the white guy owns, but it's doing Thai food. And... <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I always, always found if actually I liked like bringing food from my home That's great. to, to lunch. Cause yeah. people were like, Oh wow. That's so cool. Totally. You have, you have rice, fried rice for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Lennon, he's Japanese. And, uh, there was just one time I was picking him up and, um, his mom had made, uh, basically like the filled rice ball and like oh. what they eat in Pokemon pretty much. Yeah. The onigiri. Onigiri. Yeah. yeah. And it was so good. And he was like, Oh yeah, my mom just makes this all the time. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> yeah. And then me, when I go to a white person's house, like, you just eat mac and cheese every day. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> right. that's amazing. Yeah. Or like even going fat, like ham- I mean, going to like McDonald's or Burger King as a kid was like such a that foreign was like a experience. Treat. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, it was, oh man, I had so many good memories. High school, I would just watch Food Network like super oh, yeah. late at night <laughs> and like yeah. get so hungry watching all these delicious things like driver's dives and the dives. Oh yeah, yeah. And it would either be, I'm just like so hungry and there wasn't much to make up. So I just do like dry ramen noodles, dry ramen and spread the seasoning packet yeah. over and then just eat those. It's one of my guilty <laughs> that, pleasures. That'll be close enough to whatever he's eating there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I would drive... McDonald's had a two for three dollars quarter pounder with cheese. Oh yeah, I remember which that. Which I missed that price. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. But I just like just go get that and just pig out. Yeah. Like, oh, I love being a glutton. <laughs> for sure, sure. But yeah, I I mean, food's always just been the thing I'm most interested in my whole yeah. life. Yeah. So, which is why I now make Slobcore Kitchen and talk about it a lot. Nice, nice. But yeah, it is. It is always interesting. I was just talking to some friends like who grew up eating with placemats at the table Oh, because we didn't have that. Uh But a lot of friends did. And it tends to be friends who grew up a little more wealthy. Yeah. (laughs) And it felt like more of a fancy thing. Like, okay, Mm. kids, like, here's the meal. Here's the placemats. Like, we're going to be polite. Here's here's all your forks (laughs) from the left to (laughs) right. Right. And maybe not that ostentatious, (laughs) but it's interesting, like. Yeah, just realizing like, yeah, we all grew up differently. Yeah, but different there's... standards of how we gather to eat. Yeah. Something that's so common. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's cool about Slobcore Kitchen too. It's like I'm doing this thing and I'm putting a lot of work into it. Mm-hmm. But I've just like kind of oriented my life around dinner, which mm-hmm. is all I've wanted anyway. Yeah. It's like, you know, I can <laughs> nice. actually share this. I have all yeah. these food thoughts. I have all this like I'm doing this cooking and a lot of people our age are like pretty – insecure about their cooking or feeling Mm. like they're not good enough yeah and that's part of the motivation for doing it for me is like even though people see me and they think i'm like a super good cook and i know all this stuff yeah i'm kind of just a dummy who like picked it up (laughs) from like being obsessed with food yeah and like learning by osmosis Mm. yeah yeah i appreciate when you post your mess ups that's yes yes totally like oh yeah you can mess up and it's fine to just eyeball things or you try something and it doesn't work out. You try it again or mm-hmm. try something different. Right. Or just ar- order Arby's or whatever. <laughs> totally. Yep. Yep. And so that's why I like to share that stuff yeah, too. Nice. But yeah. Cause I have friends who are like cooks and like chefs and in, in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, it's cool talking to them. And the fact I'm actually, I'm excited. I need to have my friend Sean and Sarah mm-hmm. cause they've worked in kitchens for a while. Yeah. But that I get props from them too. makes me feel oh, good. Cause like, yeah. <laughs> this is like home cooking. I'm not, tr- I'm not yeah. trained or I don't have like the experience of like working in a kitchen at all. Yeah. But well, uh, you got an impressive setup. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I, well, that was the other thing when I was in isolation. Yeah. Um, 
I was like not only spending money on food mm-hmm. and I was making $2 or more because I was on a night shift. Oh, so I that's see. when I got a lot of these kitchen tools. Uh, like I got the whole shelf unit there, yeah. the instant pot, the KitchenAid, the food processor, nice air fryer. And so, yeah, part of me is like, okay, I'm living alone. Mm-hmm. I love cooking. And so I might as well like just fully lean into it. Yeah. And Do you feel like it's opened a lot of your uh, options of cooking, like buying, yeah, having more equipment? Definitely. Yeah. And it's nice. Like I have a pretty stocked pantry too. So mm. it's like, cause that's the thing when people who don't cook very much at all, like yeah. you pick up a recipe and then it's like, I don't have any of this stuff. Like, yeah, so then you're buying thinking, yeah. like a, a certain pan <laughs> yeah. and you have to buy like the spices. Yeah. Yeah. And so it makes sense why it's such like a, a hassle to cook for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's why I try and show how much of like in the flow I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know the way I do things is not typical. Yeah. Um, but I am always, it's nice to hear when people like feel inspired by me or whatever. Yeah. Try to try to make it more accessible. Totally. What cooking is. Yeah. Cause I was doing all this cooking before, so I might as well share, share it with it the out. world. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yep. Damn. Well, is there anything else you wanted to delve into in this podcast? Uh, We've been going about an hour 15. <laughs> There's no limit here. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like this has been pretty good. Yeah. I would have to think more. Okay. Any, <laughs> um, any final messages? How are we going to sign this off? How are we going to sign your, this off? What's a piece of wisdom uh, that you can give the, I, I don't know. the maybe dozen <laughs> listeners? Okay. My piece of wisdom, gang, make sure to wipe. <laughs> yes use a bidet if you have one yes get a bidet actually i my toilet my poop setup is pretty good because i got not only do i have the 300 dollars bidet with the heated seat mm. and the heated water and yeah. a turbo mode yeah but i also got a squatty potty totally. so i'm pooping in style here yeah that's an important because that's the aftermath of eating in style <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true uh, do you ever feel any uh hesitation about cooking something because of what will happen afterwards no i'm no. all it's always you're, worth you're it like that's flowing. when i get a <laughs> like an eight piece chicken tenders from popeye spicy uh <laughs> i know what the morning holds i know you're what's, what's you're, coming you're like committed to the yeah committed to it. I see. <laughs> my digestive I see. system is norwegian enough where uh, i know it's I gonna see. be trouble but <laughs> yeah for me i have to be a little bit i'm a little bit more hesitant i'm always like cautious so like okay I can't eat this because I'm going to do this afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is smart. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Nice. Well, Benny, thanks for joining. Yeah, this has you. been a blast. Thank you for having me. My yeah. first podcast premiere. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> you killed it. You're natural. I think Doughboy's ready to have you oh, on. Oh, shit. Dude, that... That's like a dream. Getting oh, yeah. like Mitch or Weiger in this Slobcore kitchen. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Dude, that's yeah. once I make it big. Once yes, this, yes, yes. I talk about all these things how I'm just doing it for fun. But no, <laughs> yeah, I'm, travel the world. <laughs> were you, ta- you were talking about doing it, uh, traveling, yeah. traveling a Slobcore. It would be cool if I get a food cart that I could just like cook my dinners and kind of van life it, mm-hmm. travel around to different friends and cities. It would be nice. Would you ever do like a international? Store tour. Yeah. <laughs> if I got the money, like, yeah. what would be somewhere that you would want to go? Ooh, food wise, I probably the only Europe I've been to is like the British Isles, mm-hmm. which were amazing. But like, yeah. even like the quality of the Italian food in England mm-hmm. was so much better than Italian yeah. food here. Yeah. So probably Italy would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think. 
Actually, I want to go to Armenia. Armenia. My friend Katie's mm. Armenian, and she mm. showed me some of the food there. I see. They got amazing food. Yeah. And I, I love, I guess that's not fully, it's technically in the Caucasus. It's not like Mediterranean, mm. but it's in the similar, like, I love Mediterranean food and mm. Middle Eastern food. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Do you like kind of like um, sour foods or like? I can, I can get down to sour. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like some Persian uh, I don't know. I'll just thinking, shooting, <laughs> shoot, thinking of regions, I'll, interesting uh, food regions, yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll go to the Warheads factory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, because yeah, in my mind, like, it would be fun just to like drive and like hang out with my friend Kirby who lives in Boston and be able to mm. do like Slobcorn podcasts yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. But I also, I mean, I love my apartment. It's yeah, cool. I mean, you have a good setup. Here. Thank you. So, so it's good to cook at home. <laughs> totally. It probably save me a lot more money cooking yeah. at home. That's the other thing is like, I don't go out to eat as much anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, groceries are expensive too, but yeah. that's part of Slobcore. When I started it uh, October or last October, I guess, um, partially it was because I'd been spending way too much money doing shit. Yeah. And I, was, I, I did a full inventory of all the food I had in my pantry and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to cook at home more. <laughs> and then yeah. here I am still cooking like yeah. a maniac. Nice. Yep. What are you gonna cook for dinner tonight? I don't know yet. I I need to make a grocery run. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where do you Where do you usually go? I I go to Winco probably the most. Mm-hmm. Probably Winco, Costco, then Fred Meyer. Mm. Um, but there is there's a grocery outlet near here. I haven't done much grocery outlet. Do yeah. you have a favorite? Uh, I usually just go what's near my house, yeah. which is like Safeway. Yeah. Or, or if I need Asian groceries, I'll hit up Asian. Oh, What's yeah. the closest Asian, gro- Asian um, grocery store to Probably you? Awajamaya. Oh, okay. That's like the one we'd always go to as yeah, a kid. Yeah, Just down the street. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever have like Chinese sausage? You should get Chinese sausage. Yeah. That's like that's a staple. so good. That's a staple for and me. In, and fried rice. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 They had that at Costco one time. I almost got oh, it. Oh, yeah. They but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get the Costco amount of this. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Because that's, that's the true. thing with Costco is like, you got to know what you're actually going to yeah, use. Yeah, especially when you're living alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I got, I got Costco rices because yeah. oh, I yeah. know that I'm going to make forever. it through that. That will not go bad. <laughs> totally. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, um, let's say goodbye once again. That Thank was, you. That was a classic. The Brin Inn, that's what I call my place. <laughs> this is a place of many goodbyes. I feel, I feel very welcome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Pod out.